Blog Talk Radio. Fans, welcome to the show here on another Sunday afternoon. Sun guy, along with the coach with the most, coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite part of every fence is, of course, a post. Coach Mike Jones, real fast before we get things going today, if you are looking for some professional wrestling today, Warrior Pro Wrestling just about to start there in Danville, Indiana. Then later this evening, across town in Indianapolis, you can check out Flophouse Wrestling. And if you're in our neck of the woods in Portland, Oregon, at the North Portland Eagles DOA Pro Wrestling. And, of course, the Forbidden Door later this evening on pay-per-view out of Chicago, Illinois. And we want to... And our best wishes to all of the talent out of the Pacific Northwest, as well as our former guests of this very program that might be appearing on that show. We do have a few alumni appearing on the Forbidden Door tonight, so good luck to those. Coach, lots going on today. It's a big day for pro wrestling. It is. Beautiful day out here in the Northwest, too. It's supposed to be 90-something degrees for a couple days now. Well, it's hotter than a firecracker, but not as hot as some of the action we're going to see later. But speaking as hotter than a firecracker, our guest has arrived. Let's bring him on right away because we have been anticipating the return today of Caden Cassidy. Caden Cassidy, thank you so much for being with us. Definitely appreciate you taking the time to join us here today. Man, any time. Uh, we're just setting up the show and getting everything ready. And I'm like, oh, man, i gotta, I got to say hi to this guy, say hi to that guy, and then move. <laughs> man, it's always a pleasure to be on show day, man. Show day is always, always the best. Absolutely, absolutely. We were just talking about that. We know you're uh, preparing for some competition later. But uh, the last time we had you on here, you had not yet done some of the things you have done in the meantime. One of those, you did some big things there at 
Timber Pro Wrestling. You want to tell us what happened your last trip up to Timber Pro? Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, in the time that I haven't seen you guys, I have become that I was already 5CC heavyweight champion, and then at TPW, we ended up doing a show where it was me versus uh, TTO and Chris Brady, and I ended up becoming the heavyweight championship now. So now I'm a double strap holder. Most definitely are indeed double champion and. Congratulations on that title. But uh, for the fans that aren't familiar, Timber Pro Wrestling, of course, up in the Sultan, Washington area. They've got a lot of talent coming through, a great young company led by some uh, young promoters. You've been around long enough at this point that you're one of the more experienced people on their roster when you look at a young company like this and you see that you're in the main event and you are now the champion, does that make you feel like you're sort of hitting your stride at this point, seeing that these uh, younger companies are putting you in these more high-profile positions? Um, it's such a strange thing because – it's not until somebody points it out that I'm like, wow, I've been here for so long now, you know? And, like, while I haven't hit my stride until really recently, I feel like it's it's strange when someone's like, hey, man, you're the vet. I'm the what? <laughs> you know, it was like uh, I never think of it that way. Um, but it's cool because I like that people are like, you know, can you go out there and tell a good story with these kids? Man, I'm I'm excited to. I'm excited to show them how to do, you know, matches that are, of course, of, of, of high quality, but matches that I feel are my specialty. You know, I love big man matches. I love triple threat matches because we get to tell the story of so many with so many elements, and they're not the funnest to do for a lot of people, but if you can get them right, the crowd response is always great. So when we did the TPW match, I'm like, we have the cruiserweight and Chris Brady, who was the champion. We have Kikio who has been one of the most dominating women of the, of the Pacific Northwest for the last uh, four and a half years. And then you have me, who's also another, uh, you know, big old hoss, um, you know, big, uh, uh, I would call myself, you know, uh, you know, uh, a powerhouse. If I had to describe myself to somebody else. And it's great. You know, it's great because Chris has a little bit of lucha and Kikyo knows a lot of stuff. And then the crowd response at the very end when I finally, you know, uh, won the match was exactly what we were going for. The entire house popped. I had, uh, you know, quite a few people coming up to me afterwards. Man, man, I'm so glad that it was you who won it. You know, uh, this guy won't shut up. Or, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you're not a bad guy. You know, my kids like you and <clears throat> stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been a ball. Sort of on the other end of the spectrum, uh, you compete there at DOA Pro Wrestling, and DOA has been around for around a dozen years or better at this point. Uh, they're one of the more long years. In your... Yes, yes, they have, they are uh, kind of the long-tenured company here in the Northwest, and you have worked very hard to be kind of established in that company looking at 
where you started to where you are now with a company like DOA, is that sort of a point of pride as well since you came into the business and they were already established and you had to kind of work to get to where you are within their ranks? Absolutely. DOA is my home. Um, for me, I've, I've always considered it my home company. Even when I was with uh, WCWC, DOA was still my home. The personality of the company, um, the, the promoters, the owners, all phenomenal to work with. You know, we're all one big family. And, you know, and like families, you argue a little bit, and then you guys get, you know, get over it and, and, and get back to work. But for me, as a performer, you know, I had to find myself. You know, I had to figure out who I was inside the character because I feel like I was just a guy with a cool jacket. And, you know, I really didn't know too much. I, I don't feel like I was ready, but, you know, people like Wade Hess and Derek Drexel and Jason Sullivan took a chance with me, and I've always been extremely loyal because of it. Um, but, you know, that was in 2015, and here we are in 2022. I've been here, you know, for seven years. And I, all I wanted to do was do the one thing I have not, which is, you know, capture gold at DOA. And, I've, you know, we've had chances where it's, hey, it's a tag team action and Caden Cassidy has cheated out of the tag team belt. Oh, we have the Pure Championship and Caden Cassidy has cheated out the Pure Championship. And, of course, just recently we've had the Grand Championship. And I feel like every single time I get, I get a, a, you know, just super close to it, the reaction is exactly what I feel like it should be. The fans are, the fans are waiting. They're chomping at the bit. They want to see Caden Cassidy, you know, hold that title up high. And, you know, I've been working my butt off, going to, you know, going to training two to three times a week, so running, you know, this job, my normal job, and, of course, my hustle job, and trying to start a new business with my wife while being a father to two kids while traveling. So it's like, you know, I've been doing everything I can. I I think that's my biggest goal in the next year uh, is to finally capture gold and, you know, uh, to have DOA see me as their grand champion or their pure champion uh, would mean the world to me. I feel like I could finally, you know, hang my hat on that and uh, continue on. We have just wrapped up a theme on our show called Authors Month where we had wrestlers on that have written books, uh, whether it be on the subject of wrestling or wrestling propel them into a different subject matter for writing. But in the last 20 years or so, the wrestling book market really took off after Mick Foley had that unparalleled success with his first autobiography. Do you yourself read many of the professional wrestling books, and do you have some recommendations on books that fans might enjoy that they haven't read yet? Um, you know what? I, I read some here and there, but the big for me, it's it's always going to be um, the, the big ones. Like, you know, I've read the Chris Jericho books. I've read the McFoley books. I've even I, – I, I was stupid and bought the, the Triple H bodybuilding book. Um, you know, for me, I – I read them, but for me, I, I feel like the podcasts are, are better for me 
because I feel like I'm sitting in a conversation. And, uh, you know, a lot of us out here these days, we never got to be part of the territory days. So we never got to sit in on those conversations. So for me, when I listen to these podcasts with, you know, Steve Austin and, uh, you know, whatever guest is that he has that week, you know, I remember the, the Godfather. And then, of course, recently he finally got Taker after all these years. Uh, and, of course, you know, uh, Flair and so on. I listen to these stories because, you know, this is, this is their time to tell the public what it was really like and what really happened. And they also sprinkle down a little bit of knowledge for, for, for wrestlers like myself or workers like myself. Additionally, they give us life lessons. Like when I met Jake the Snake, that was amazing for me because I grew up like everybody else watching Jake, being hooked on every single word that he spoke in his promos, watching and loving his matches with Macho Man and so on. But for him to, to, to spend 45 minutes to an hour with me and talk to me one-on-one, I felt like I, could, I got more out of that than I, I did with his book and than I did with his movie with DDP. Um, but if I, had, if I had to give you a book to read, you know, I, I've always said Have a Nice Day uh, by Mick Foley is, is a wonderful read. Um, I believe it's a tale of blood and sweat socks. It's a great book about, you know, pretty much all of us who just never thought they would ever make it and what it was like to make it and what it was like in the biggest chapters of his life. And I remember specifically when he was talking about what it was like for the rock to hit him over the head with the chair five times and how he doesn't remember any of that night after those shots. And that told me right then and there, never take a chair shot to that. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, also, like, his dude love character and how that came about. So if I had to pick one, it would definitely be Have a Nice Day. One of the things in a lot of professional wrestlers' list of accomplishments is the interaction with the fans that stand out to them, especially if it's, say, like, the first time you get a request for an autograph or the first time someone wants to take a picture with you. Uh, some wrestlers, mm-hmm. it's the first time that they get recognized away from a wrestling arena. Do you have that fan moment in your career at this point that really stands out as being your favorite interaction with the fans? Um, I've had a lot of those as of late, and I absolutely love them. Um, I was at Defy, and it was, uh, I think it was right before I got called up to to, uh, to work the show. And I said, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm here at the show. Let me know what you, let me know if you need anything from me. You know, I'll help you with the ring, and I'll help with security if you need. He's like, oh, man, no problem. Right? You know, it's always weird for people like myself to just to try to, to blend in with the crowd. It's like, no, you're too goddamn big. I know who you are. Um, so, there was not only pictures online the day after, but there were a lot of fans who were coming up to me and they would pull me to the side, you know, like, you're Caden Cassidy, right? Yeah. Why aren't you in there? Oh, man, it'll be my time soon. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And that always made me smile because, you know, I'm not the guy who's going to go, you know, shoot my own horn and, you know, go cause a ruckus because I'm out on the show, I'll, I'll earn my way on the show. I'm very much that guy. I will earn my way on the show. Uh, so that made me happy. And then recently, 
there was two more events, one at TPW and one at 5CC. Um, there, was a, there was a kid uh, after my first TPW show, um, you know, he was, you know, super, you know, fun. He reminded me of my own kid. And uh, when I came out to the back, I scowled at him like I scowled at everybody. And he just started laughing. And I'm like, I can't scare you, huh? He's like, you don't scare me. I'm like, good. And then I went back inside, and they were giving away some of the posters that they hang up in the rafters for the night. And I said, hey, kid, so you're not scared, right? He's like, no. I'm like, so you don't mind seeing my face? He's like, no. So I handed him my poster. And I said, here, man, take this. And it was, you know, a really nice poster. It was, you know, like an actual professional poster that was printed up and hung up. And he just, like, his mouth just dropped. And his dad's like, right up there and get it before he changes his mind. <laughs> you know, and uh, that was super cool for me um, to have that moment with the kid. Uh, because, you know, it, it's always about the kids. It, you know, sometimes the adults, but for me, it's, it's always about the kids. We're, we're, we're crafting magic in that ring. And the parents feed off the children and they forget what it is. And, you know, next thing you know, they're cheering when they don't even mean to be. Uh, and then my last one was, um, you know, when I came out the crowd, there was a kid who wanted me to, you know, give them a high five. And uh, I looked at them, like I gave them a high five, and I said, hey, can you do me a favor? And she's like, what? Because I got to go fight this big, nasty man in there. Can you hold my title for me? And she's like, oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, awesome. So I tossed her the title. The crowd went crazy. And it wasn't even for the crowd. It was literally for, for her because I wanted her to have a moment. So I went in there, and, you know, we're doing our thing, and they bring the title back in because you have to present the title. You know, I get it. But I looked right at the ref. You give that little girl that title right now. And the crowd was like, oh. So they put it right back in her hand. So when I won the title, the girl brought it up to the side of the ring and gave it back to me. And I said, no, 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 no. This is for you to hold. This is yours tonight. We won this together. And, uh, her dad was in tears and like, but can I take a picture with you, man? I'm like, dude, yeah, of course. So there's a picture of me and the little girl holding the title together and just, you know, smiling at the camera. And again, for me, those moments mean everything. Like when I hang it all up and I'm done and, you know, I become just another name in Portland wrestling history, that's okay. I, I keep those moments with me. They, they're the ones that help me continue on. Well, at this point, Coach Mike Jones is standing by. I know Coach has questions to ask you, so I'm going to pass you right over to the coach with the most. Mike Jones. Hey, brother. How you you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Coach? I'm good. Hey, let me give you a little bit of story about the who's Mike Jones thing. Uh, (laughs) I had been wrestling for like five years. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out with a video saying, who's Mike Jones? And he's got wrestling titles on there. I was like, I wanted to jump through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and like, don't it, take my name. <laughs> <laughs> which I know it's one of the most common names, but whatever. And then I have sent him out some unofficial challenges and, of course, never heard back. And then we had one wrestler, uh, uh, Chuck Moore. What's his name again? Signed? 
Oh, I can't remember. I know you're talking that about was uh, Sweet Daddy, Daddy Jones. Yeah, Sweet Daddy Jones knows him, was supposed to send out the challenge again, and once again, no big deal. It's all good, though. And, of course, you know, but I try to maybe, good, yeah, I try to maybe raise some money for charity or something. Nothing serious, you know. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, it was nice that we was able to have you on before. Man, it's been an honor to take over for QT Vokes here in the show. And sign knows I was like on a mission to get all the people that haven't been on here. And so I figured that you wasn't on, got you on. Now we got you back. I wasn't able to answer or ask any of my normal questions, so that worked out good too. But one of our most common questions are, sign guy would like to know what's your favorite coffee to drink? Uh... Okay, a, a vanilla latte with steamed cinnamon. Nice. Okay, and then I want to get this one out of the way, too, because probably 90 to 95% of the time we remember to ask fan questions, and I think we forgot last time, so I want to get that out of the way right away. This one comes from Kurt Ferris, and they're usually off the wall. He wants to know... <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know if Caden Cassidy ever dreamed of forming a stable with Caden Matthews and Leaf Cassidy. Just recently, I, I started thinking that that would be actually awesome to have, like, you know, the Cassidy family, like the Dudley family. And uh, yeah. I, I, I saw the Caden Matthews uh, not too long ago, actually, and was like, man, that'd be so dope to, to do that. And then I saw Leaf Cassidy recently i was like oh my god i forgot that al snow did that and of course it's al snow i would be you know couldn't i couldn't lace that man's boots on a, on a, on a good day so i would love to team with al snow and pick his brand that'd be amazing yeah and then wow that's like one of the first questions that uh kurt ferris even got close to uh being a reality maybe someday it will happen <laughs> i hope so yeah all right, and then so some of my normal questions are, and we know there's usually more than one answer, so take your time. Who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was sports, wrestling, or ordinary life? Uh, definitely Shaq growing up. Shaq had a life that was very similar to my own where, you know, uh, the dad was in and out of play and a lot of unique elements kind of led you to your destiny and you know, watching Shaq be a serious and very successful businessman and then the next second being very jovial has uh, kind of helped me polish my own personality as I'm very much the same, you know, jovial one minute to make people smile and be happy and then serious the next to, you know, go out there and collect the next paycheck um, has always kind of been my, my mindset. Um, as far as wrestling goes, um, actually, no. Let me go back to let me go back to other celebrities first. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson was fingers close to quitting acting altogether until he got Pulp Fiction and uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight, which single-handedly set off his career to where he's had a uh, hundred credits now in the span of thirty years. It's, it's amazing to see that man work. Um, for wrestlers, Undertaker, you know, I, I know a lot of people have their 
opinion on the dead man these days, especially because of uh, him wearing the, the, you know, the, the shirt. I'll leave it at that. But you can't take away what Mark Calloway has done in this business and what he's done for a big man in terms of establishing how a big man can work. Um, you know, it's funny watching on Twitter after he was wearing the shirt and people were trying to say, you know, he never really had as many good matches anyway. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, just, dude, not everybody's going to be you and have your same, your same moral compass. Cut it out. Um, uh, also, Big Van Vader. I'm a huge Big Van Vader, Mark. I love Vader. Vader, to me, you know, I, I didn't watch a lot of his WCW run. I watched, like, the tail end of it. But I, every time you heard, it's time. You knew someone's getting laid out tonight. Someone's about to get beat. You know, while his match with Yokozuna was only okay, his matches with Taker and Michaels were great. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that he had, you know, a lot of injuries and torn triceps at the time, I think he could have done a lot of great work in WWF. But, you know, he went back to New Japan and he killed it there. You know, he stuck it right up their, uh, their butts and left. Um, you know, I could list off a lot of people, but those are my main two that I go to these days. Uh, also, Dr. Death, Steve Williams have, has been my one of my go-tos. I just like the idea of, you know, former NCAA champion, you know, uh, football, you know, Heisman Football Hall of Fame, went to wrestling and just killed it. Guy was a monster. He was, he was like a legit like a bull. This man was, you know, he was gorilla pressing. Uh, Barry Windham over his head, and Barry was not even helping him. 260 pounds, six foot six, and Barry Windham is being pressed like a baby. Um, those would be my, my, my five guys that I would say inspire me with what I do. Right on. That's impressive. And then did you play sports in high school or growing up? Yes, I did. Uh, I'm actually – I was a collegiate wrestler in, in – uh, I, uh, in high school, I, I wrestled for uh, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And uh, in freshman year, I was uh, they didn't they didn't have state championships for freshmen. They only had city championships. I was the uh, the heavyweight city champion uh, for Portland. Um, and I, I want to tell you a kind of a funny story. I was uh, I was always struggling with my weight even in high school. So. 275 would seem like, you know, there's no way this man's going to hit 275 pounds. But I was playing football, I was eating for football, and I was lifting, like, you know, a lot of the time. So weight was always fluctuating. And, uh, you know, I was 272 pounds, and my coach said, hold it, don't go over that. Is that okay? Okay, I'm not trying to, but I'll do what I can do. He's like, what's going on? He's like, I got, uh, I got news for you. There's a city championship match for the high school district, and three other people have been disqualified due to weight. It's only you and one other person right now. I said, for real? <laughs> so it was going to be five people, and then it ended up becoming two. I beat the guy in 10 seconds, and, and that was it. And my coach comes up to me, and he's like, man, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have won any city championships this year. I'll never forget that. Um, Football, of course. I've been playing football since I was 11. I played Pop Warner. I played all the, all the way through middle school. 
I played uh, through uh, I played basketball, and I played uh, when I got to, uh, through football. It was because I found there was a love for it. I loved, you know, popping a person and being able to, you know, to gap a line, you know, just to just to fly on through and just go for somebody when I was on the O. Um, you know, like, all right, man, nope, I'm going to clear this spot here for a running back. Great. You know, or if I was in the D-line, I was keeping from the quarterback. It was always fun for me. Um, a matter of fact, a little pop, you know, a little trivia here. Uh, I graduated in 2004 at Grant High School in Portland, and right behind me in 2005 was Ndamukong Sue. Ndamukong Sue, uh, notorious lineman in the NFL. We played together at one point in high school. I always knew the guy was going to be great, but to see what he's doing now is on a whole other level. The guy benches 505 for reps. It's incredible. But, yeah, I, I played sports, man. There you go. Nice. And what's your self-defense background? I did Taekwondo, and I did a little bit of Hapkido. So uh, initially I did boxing with my uncle. My uncle was a boxer in Southern California. So I know how to throw a good jab and throw, you know, throw a good uppercut. Okay. And then what's some of the most memorable matches you've either seen or been involved with? Uh, been involved with would be Dr. Cleaver uh, for the heavyweight title in WWA. And I'll tell you now, I was not ready. They wanted to try something new. So they had already tried the old guard, and the crowd was sick of it. They had tried Wade Hess. They had tried Dr. Cleaver. And, you know, I remember they looked at me, and they were like, why not Cassidy? Like, he's getting there. He'll be there. And then Jason Sullivan, you know, from DOA was like, you know, dude, the guy's going to be, you know, one of the best people in the area one day. And Dr. Cleaver looked at me, and he started putting the match together. And, you know, I remember, you know, I got barely any offense. But he said, every time you get me, hit me with a punch, and then I'll turn around, hit me with your finish. I'll kick out. And we did that two times in a row. But then the third time I finally hit him, he took the three. And, you know, very easy match. You know, kind of kind of craps all over my finish, but they don't kick out of it anymore. <laughs> but uh-huh. when the crowd when the crowd rose off their feet, that was a uh, that was an amazing feeling. And uh, then we had a match where it was, uh, you know, one of my good friends, Quiz, and uh, Dr. Cleaver for the title, and that was incredibly fun. And um, my most recent match, I felt like to me was a measuring stick. Because, you know, for me, when I started, I always said, like, wrestling in the region is fine if I can be the best in my region. You know, being I'm, – I'm, what, one of two uh, big black men in the area and one of maybe three real true big men in the area. So, for me, it's, you know, when I met Booker T, he said, if you can't be the best in the world, be the best in your area. That's what I strive to do. If I can't travel the world and be the best, i got to be the best here. Um, and I've always wanted to go to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was where all the good guys played. You know, you had Davey Richards, you had Samoa Joe, you had Brian Danielson, you had Nigel McGinnis, you had uh, so many others who've come through. Um, and for me, it was always like, okay, I'll get there one day. And uh, when I won the 5CC title, they asked, who do you want to face? And I've never really been asked that before because I was, you know, I was officially top dog. Who do you – who do you want to feed you to, to, you know, sharpen your steel, so to speak? 
I said, it's a long shot, but if you can get Shane Taylor from Shane Taylor Promotions, man, I'll take that. And he said, we'll see what we can do. I didn't hear anything. And then, like, about April, you know, they said, hey, man, we got a surprise for you. We got Shane. And I just, I couldn't speak. Like, you know, not everybody gets their dream matches. For me, that was, that was huge. And Shane and I, you know, it was everything that I would hope it would be. All I like to do is fight. I want my matches to look like it's an actual fight. You know, that's what I grew up doing. You know, I don't mind the cool somersaults and the backflips and all that stuff. That's cool. But for me, what what made me love this business is, again, Undertaker. I've already told you before with Mankind, I like him. Invader, I've always liked brawls because that, to me, is what a fight should look like with a little bit of wrestling in between. So when, you know, there's a point in the match, it'll be, I think it'll be posted sometime in July from 5CC where I run up to him and I give him an elbow to the side of the face and I gave him the Oklahoma stampede all the way across the ring and then back to the middle of the ring. And I'm watching the tape back and there's a little old man sitting in the corner and you see him out of his, his chair when I slammed Shane and the ring legit shook. And then it's one, two, kick out. And everybody lost it. And uh, Shane might say he's 330 pounds. I squat 500 pounds. That man's not 330 <laughs> pounds. Uh, okay. So for me, I was like, oh, I, okay, that was 668 pounds hitting the ring hard. So for me, those are my those are my three favorite moments. What about some of your most memorable matches you've seen? Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25 is, is, is my top one. I'll always love it. Uh, Rock versus uh, Rock versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania, uh, I believe it was 19. No, yeah, 19 when it was in Seattle would be a second because I watched that live. A friend of mine, as a birthday, uh, sorry, not birthday, a graduation gift, bought me a WrestleMania ticket. I never thought I'd go. You know, I grew up very poor, so it was always, you know, nice when you got, it was really cool when you got nice things. Like when we got a PS2, when all of our friends got a PS2, it was nice to have it. And then you found out that one of your family members, you know, stole it for you it added a little bit more weight to the idea of having one. But, you know, being there and watching your heroes do the thing in front of 70,000-plus people was an amazing feeling. So for me, that would be a very a very big one for me. Um, my third one is always going to be Macho Man uh, versus, uh, oh, my good gracious, uh, the, the Dragon. Can't think of his name right now. WrestleMania three, Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat. WrestleMania versus Ricky Steamboat, one of my favorite matches, and it's not just because of the match itself; it's because of how the match is put together. The fact that these guys had, I think it was twenty pages, and they had to memorize every single thing. That is incredible. I there's times I can't remember a three minute conversation, but you want me to remember. 20 pages of, of, of moves, and it, that's phenomenal. Those would be my top three. 
right on. And who are some of your favorite people to work? Um, you know, I, I, I I'm being. I love wrestling Wade Hess right now. Wade is super easy, and I've always liked the story of, you know, the big bad gangster from you know from the block, versus the very easy, very laid back country dude, because it's the antithesis of each other. You know, one likes money, avaricious, and then the other one is like, man, I can take my horse and leave everything behind. We're good. So fighting Wade Hess has been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> fighting HBQ Homeboy Quiz is always a pleasure. Uh, and right now there's a new kid on the block, Chris Brady. Chris Brady is – he's made me look good a thousand times over. The guy is, you know, he's so hungry. He wants it. He wants to be – you know, uh, the next big thing out of the Pacific Northwest, and he has, you know, a plethora of kids, and he, all he wants to do is, you know, hear them cheer him on and make them proud. And, you know, from one father to another, I can I can understand that. You know, there's nothing better than having your kids cheer for you. Yeah, what an honor. And uh, who are some of your toughest opponents to face? Uh, top one right now is Shane. And I'm going to say Shane Taylor because I have never had someone chop me so hard that the sound of the room escaped. Like, I could literally hear nothing else. Nothing else. And then when I got home, the bruises started to peel. I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I've never had that happen. A second person would be Dave Turner. Big Dave is a monster. Like, he might be one of the most eloquent and very very intelligent men you'll ever meet, but the man is legitimately tough. And watching Dave's transformation from who he was to who he is now, just literally shedding his, his skin to be different, has been an amazing journey to watch. Um, you know, also wrestling Nick Wayne, for the 5CT title was amazing. Um, Nick is beyond his years in wisdom, obviously, being a third-generation super, you know, wrestling uh, uh, wrestler, almost a superstar. We are wrestlers, not superstars. Um, that definitely helps him in his mindset. But Nick's dedication to the business is it humbling. Like, we were talking about comic books and whatnot and video games, and, you know, I'm an old nerd. But when Nick said, you know, I don't really play video games anymore, and I said, what? What 16-year-old don't play games? And he said, well, I'm either at the gym or I'm meal prepping or I'm doing homework um, or I'm, you know, watching tape. I don't really have time to play games. That impressed me ten times over. And then the match was fun, very easy match, very fun match. You know, I got to wrestle in front of Buddy Wayne's wife, Shauna, who, you know, I adore very much. She's like a big sister to me. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've cried on her shoulder because life was too hard. Um, but, you know, that culmination into everything, for me, while it might just be a blip on Nick's radar, for me that was an amazing night. And it was tough, not because Nick is going to, you know, beat the living piss out of me, but because, you know, I'm very much a spiritual person. I know 
if Buddy Wayne is watching Nick, Buddy Wayne is watching me, and I don't want to disappoint Coach. Definitely. What an honor. Okay, and then uh, it was. What are some of your What are some of your favorite places to work? Uh, in front of the, In front of the thigh has been my number one place to work, and you know I've been chasing that dragon ever since. And, uh, you know, I'll get back there. I know those guys have a lot going on, a lot of contracts with other companies and so on and so forth. But I know that is – it's so hard to explain it until you've been there. There's people from WWE who have wrestled at Defy who said that energy is incredible. And they had no idea who I was up there because at that time I was only three years in and I was mostly wrestling in Portland. But when I came out and my music hit, and you can hear the fans rallying up like, man, who is this guy with this, with this energy and this swagger and blah, blah, blah. By the time I had gotten into the ring, the crowd was in a complete roar because they wanted to see what I could do. And that, for me, was everything. And then, of course, that same night, the Young Bucks came out, and the house literally felt like it was shaking. So, yeah, up, up there at Washington Hall would be my number one to go to. Uh, I have a big soft spot uh, for the uh, for the old NWWA building, the Elks Lodge in Milwaukee, just because, you know, for me that was the start of a lot of things. Wow, definitely sweet. Hey, what's your suggestions for people who want, want to get into the business? Find a school with reputable talent. Make sure okay. you find find a school with reputable talent because you know that they are producing people out there who are out there doing things. You know, it's very rare you're gonna go you're gonna go and see a random Joe Schmo school in Tennessee and you know, you're gonna become the, the top guy out there and then go to WWE. That doesn't always happen. Find a school that has the coaches that are gonna lead you to the they're gonna lead you to the water, so to speak. That's what I would tell anybody to do. The you know the Buddy Wayne Academy in Seattle has Darby Nick Wayne now. Go there. If you go to the Oregon Pro Wrestling School, you have Ricky Gibson and Eddie Pearl, myself and Flex Walker, uh, as well as uh, Levi Cooper, who was also Tucker Knight, also running the school alongside Ricky and Eddie. Like man, go to places you can find that have talent that have graduated and have gone out into the world and have done something because those are the guys you learn from. Those are the guys that, you know, you want to mentor you. And, uh, and the immortal word is pretty much all the other wise men in wrestling. Steel, steel, sharpen steel. Like you don't want yes, to go, sure. you know, that, go to go to these low scout places. Yeah. That, that was my next question to suggest some schools. So you already did that. All right. So, Hey, what do you got coming up? So tonight is DOA. It's a tag match with me and Drake Kwan, uh, my tag partner for Hills for Hire. We're going to go against Wade Hess and Don Hess. We're going to, you know, settle settle an old grudge between us four. Um, after that, I have uh, 5CC at the end of July, and I have uh, another DOA match, and I believe Pal is coming up. But I'm going to take a little bit of a break through, this, through the summer. I, uh, I... I love being a father, first and foremost. 
So for me, being able to take time away and just be there for my kids is everything. And with in like right now with flights being so god dang much money, I am okay with letting injuries finally heal and just being a normal person until September. Nice. Okay, and then how do people get a hold of you besides your 800 number? (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Facebook under Caden Cassidy. You can reach out to me to bigcadencassidy at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter under the same name. You can find me under Instagram under the same name. And now I'm on TikTok uh, under uh, Big Caden Cassidy. Uh, I'm pretty much everywhere. I am ubiquitous, as one would say. You can also find my merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Caden Cassidy and soon-to-be BrainBusterTees.com as well. So we have multiple avenues. You said, you know, feel free to reach out sometime. Don't make a bad life choice and scare us away. Awesome. Yeah, and it was still an honor to to have you in the NGW green room. Make sure you guys can check that out sometime. I want to wish Man, you all you know the what? luck in before, the world. Before before we leave, I want to say this. I forgot to thank you, and that was on me. Dude, you have no idea how much that meant to me at the time as a guy who was only a year and a half in, and to have that moment with, with the Taskmaster, that was amazing. So thank you so much for that, man. You're like, oh, you're welcome. This, I ha- it was an honor. I, I, have, I have chopped that, that promo into a couple of uh, highlight reels. I've, uh, I've actually had it in the beginning of, uh, of my entrance theme before I come out for big matches. Because like, Kevin Sullivan, who never even met me, but, of course, you know, he's a master of his craft, the man just knew just the right things to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was also an honor to have you in the Real School Army for that day. So hopefully one man. day we'll get to work to get work together again, you know? Oh, man, that that was actually a really cool stable if you really put it together. Actually, we should bring that back. For sure. All right, brother, like all right, I said, all the, all, the luck, all the luck in the world, man, and you get some – be not, it's nice that you get some time off coming up, and thanks again. I'm sure Sign Guy's got a little bit more. I'm here. Thank you, Coach. Well, Caden, one of the things that pro wrestlers have done over the last few decades since the early 80s is use face paint. And in the business of pro wrestling, Fans may not appreciate it so much, but wrestlers know that face paint can get all over everything. It can get on the mats. Mm-hmm. It can get on a wrestler's tights and boots. There's still a lot of wrestlers that will use face paint. kind of a popular look amongst the fans. Do you specifically have any face paint tips for young wrestlers out there that might be thinking doing it so they most out of it with doing the least damage. If you're going to do it, only wear acrylic. Acrylic does not rub off on anybody else's gear. And then when you're done, it's simply a hot towel and you can peel it off your face. In fact, uh, one of the best wrestlers on the West Coast, Funny Bone, wears acrylic face paint. 
Uh, I love Bone. I love his work. I definitely can't wait to work with him sometime down the road in a battle. Um, I would tell you to do that. As a matter of fact, I used to wear face paint when I first started. And I would only ever wear it for big matches because I wanted to look like I was coming for war. Uh, but then I found out the hard way, yeah, I can it's really ruin somebody else's yeah. gear. It can definitely uh, kind of mess things up for you if it smears. And it, um, it definitely happens. We were saying earlier, you have come a long way as far as conditioning and diet and things of that nature. And we all know cardio plays a part in wrestling big time. What, at this point in your career, has been the longest match that you've had? 30 minutes. I've had some I've half had an hour matches. Those matches are brutal on the lungs. You, you need to know how to pace yourself. You need to know how to take time to breathe, to catch your breath. And then once you're smart enough about it, Half an hour doesn't seem that bad. It's like when you're doing conditioning training in football, you're there for three hours in the sun in the summer doing, you know, doubles, and, you know, you get beat up for three hours. You, gotta, you get to go home or go sit around and lay down and take a nap. You come back for two and a half more hours, and you get to go home. And that's just you, – you, you have to – you really have to find that thing that really just, you know, uh, if it's not doing uh, blow-up drills in school to get your wind up, you need to find blow-up drills in the gym. For me personally, I do sled pushes and sled drags. Um, those have always been a big, uh, big helper of mine. I will start off at 135 pounds. I will work my way up to about 600 pounds, and uh, I'll time myself sometimes. Cause, you know, at the gym, it's only at about, what, 10, 20 yards. So you're, 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 you're going to go ahead and push that as fast as you possibly can across the line. You're going to run back. You tie a rope to the back of the cart. You drag it back by hand in the rope, and that's one. You do ten of those. And you're just you're, you're pushing and pulling, and that's going to get your body ready to be able to handle that. You get your back ready. You get your lats ready for, for slams. This way it works in your muscle conditioning. You won't really get into exhaustion too often. If you want to just do standard cardio, I would tell anybody, if you don't do kettlebells and stairs, you're stupid, especially with wrestling. Kettlebell works in your lower back. Those lower back muscles, especially for men, are truly uh, some of the most integral pieces of our body chemistry and how things work, especially in the downstairs area. Uh, and then stairs is going to help you with your quads, your hamstrings, uh, and work on your, uh, your conditioning. Great advice right there. Well, we have a game on the show we like to play. We call it Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk. I think you're a perfect candidate for this. I will throw out two choices, and the one that is just your own personal preference is the answer. Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk. Okay. All right, here we go. First one, headlock or armbar? Headlock. Tights or trunks? Tights. Bobby Fish or Bobby Eaton? Ooh, gotta go Bobby Eaton. His selling was supreme. Steak or lobster? Steak. I love a good steak. 
Netflix or Paramount Plus? Netflix. Paramount's just getting there. Netflix has all this all the stuff that I want. Halloween or St. Patrick's Day? Always Halloween. I'm I got Scottish in my blood, not Irish. Disqualification or count out? I'd rather be I would rather be DQ'd than counted out. Boots or barefoot? Boots. 18-foot ring or 20-foot ring? Give me a 20. It looks more impressive when I throw somebody across the ring. All right. Well, that completes that game. One of the things in the wrestling industry that has been around since the dawn of it has been oftentimes we will see couples involved in wrestling, whether it's husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend, what have you. A lot of times promotions are ran by husband and wife teams. A lot of times husbands will bring their wives on the road, be it as their valet or uh, just to help run merchandise or concessions. Sometimes things go very, very well for the couples, and there's never a problem. A lot of times there becomes problems if the relationship fails. It affects the business aspect of things. As someone that's been around and seen enough in your career in different places at this point, what's your own personal feeling when it comes to people dating within the business? Mm. It's a double-edged sword because it's like, you know, when my wife and I worked in the same business and we went to the same college, it was just too much of each other. But at the same point, you know, when I'm having problems with something, only she would really understand it because we're literally going to the same location. So with wrestling, I see it the same way. Yes, it's great because we get to be on the road together, but sometimes you just do need that time apart. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that. It's just truly, it's it's there. But, you know, if you're a person who's worried about missing what's at home, then, you know, it's great to have your spouse on the road. Look at Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. They have a kid together. They have a house together. And they also run a school together. So they are always together. But when they finally hang it up, you know, that's great. They have literally built their own kingdom. They have multiple sources of income, millions of dollars between the both of them, and they're still within their passion. But then you got to look at things like when Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man were together. That didn't last that long because the business makes you crazy. Macho Man was, you know, always on the defensive, always paranoid that something was going on. And whenever he didn't see Elizabeth, he thought one of the boys, because, you know, how one of the boys would have been back in the day, he thought that somebody was talking to her behind his back. So, it's really difficult because, you know, like I said, you, you got to be careful. You, it's like it's like anything. You can't. You, you got you, anyway. Long story short, you got to be careful because you, you just don't want your partner to get to get too much of you. Understood for sure. Now, just recently, I got on my radar that you have a match coming up 
in a main event for a brand new company, and you'll be facing Christopher Ryzik in that match. What can you tell us about that coming up shortly? Man, I'm very uh, very excited for this one. It's, it's strange that we're doing it on a Wednesday, but the gentleman said, you know what, man, we're going to have a hot crowd who wants to see wrestling at a fair. Just come on down. And I said, you know, who's my opponent? Who am I, fight- who am I fighting? He said, you're going to be fighting Ryzik. And, you know, I have nothing but, res- but utmost respect for Chris. Chris has been around for, at this point, what, 13, 14 years, has wrestled the best of the best in the area. Guy looks like a freaking Adonis, works his butt off. And he's a very laid-back individual. I think a lot of people really read him the wrong way, that he's this, you know, complete, you know, asshat. And I'm like, I've never really had the interaction with him. When I was first starting out, he was one of my first matches. And uh, I remember, you know, going from bell to bell with him, and at the very end, you know, he brought me to the side and gave me all these wonderful notes, told me how I should be doing this, how I should be doing that. And then when I saw him again down the road and we had another match, you know, the list of compliments was long because, you know, I listened. I, I, you know, I made sure that I did did my job. Um, Anyway, I'm super excited to see what we can do. Chris, you know, being this very brash, uh, machismo guy and me, you know, definitely be uh, being a, a big bad, you know, uh, I, I would almost say Suge Knight-esque character. I'm very excited to see what we can come up with for our, for our match. It's uh, just in about two and a half weeks, July 13th. Well, we are down on the last few minutes of the show. I want to make sure there's ample time for you. So if you have anything at all to plug, promote, or say to the fans, floor is all yours. You know, to the fans, just remember one thing, you know, we feed off you. You know, we definitely, uh, because of you guys, you help us feed our feed our families. And because of you, you know, we're definitely able to do what we do. Your voices are louder more times than our own. You know, when you guys speak up and you guys want us in certain places, that's, you know, your guys' time to shine. Man, we want to see this guy at the five. We want to see this guy at Prestige. We want to see this guy in Texas at VIP. We want to see this guy at GCW. When you guys are loud enough, that's when they have to just bend the knee and just do it. So thank you for, for helping me get to where I've been trying to get to. Thank you for helping me achieve my dreams for every single shirt that you've bought whether it be literally on my table or on my back and you bought it off me, I appreciate it because that not only helps me get from show to show, that helps me put food in my kids' mouths. That helps me dress my kids for when they go back to school. That helps me take these trips like I'm taking where I'm taking my kids to Disneyland on on money that I've made off wrestling. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, you know, I feel like for me you know, I, I feel like I'm always most thankful and uh, more gracious with time with fans because, like Cody Rhodes say, you know, your fans are everything. You know, they're the ones who follow your career from the literal beginnings from the ground and up. So, you know, my thing is right now is just not disappointing my fans and exceeding what people thought that I would ever do. Well, Caden Cassidy, it is always a pleasure to have you on here. You know you're welcome anytime. And best of luck to you today and always, and we will see you down the road, I'm sure. Man, I'm excited. I will see you for sure at one of these shows. Coach, 
Always good to have you. You guys let us know. Uh, Thank you. You let me know if you're going back on the show. I would love to be here. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. Have a good day. You as well. Fans, get out there. Buy yourself a ticket of Caden Cassidy's on the card anywhere near you. Great, great talent. You can catch him there at Timber Pro. You can catch him at DOA today if you're in the Portland area. You can catch him all up and down the Northwest. He works a lot of places. So get familiar with him. Great talent. Coach, you got some plugging to do. Yeah, they can check me out at the Coach with the Most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from people all over the world and all entertainment, wrestling, sports, music. Also, don't forget to check out the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report and the Cincinnati Reds Organizational Report, where you and I are due to have another one here soon. And then, Hopefully uh, very, very also, soon indeed. Yes, and I got the Turnbuckle Turmoil shirts coming this week. They're supposed to be done on Thursday. It's an honor that I'm able to sponsor all the people. Well, at least 90% of the people who've worked on Turnbuckle are getting a shirt. And I got some real school army shirts coming too in different colors. And also check out my Coach Mike Jones show podcast. It'll be next Saturday will be the next one. And if you need a tow in the Washington area, check out Big Boys Towing. And then don't forget to check out the Sign of the Times. You just dropped that one yesterday, 537, right? 537 just came out hours ago. It is the better-looking-than-Garrett edition. Yes, it was nice. Well, don't forget, you can also check me out on the Book of Faces, the Twitter, the Gram. Chicken Bob available on all social media. He's very social media friendly for a chicken. And if you look up the uh, Dub C Fish Sticks College Wooden Bat League baseball team, Chicken Bob popped up on their social media as well. He had a picture taken, popped up on their social media. So there's that. He did. He's getting around. And what about baseball from today? There was a huge fight in Anaheim today. The Mariners and the Angels had like three different brawls, and eight people got ejected. Now, Coach, did anyone hit Christopher Daniels' finisher on any player from Los Angeles? They didn't, but uh, for the Mariners... Uh, J.P. Crawford was out there throwing blows. He got kicked out. Julio Rodriguez, which that dude's built like a football player. Most people shouldn't be messing with him. He got kicked out. Um, Jesse Winker, the former Red, he got plunked to start off the brawl. He was out there throwing blows. And then also uh, our manager, Service, got kicked out. Three pitchers and, and Phil Nevin got kicked out for the Angels. Well, yesterday at the Fish Dicks, we saw what old Ken Hamlin could only describe as the most hits Batman he had ever seen in his entire life up to that point. There must have been six hit Batman in the course of that game. No brawls, though. 
No brawls, nobody rushed the mound, nobody threw a bat. Everyone just would calmly take their base, but there were a lot of guys getting plumped. Yeah, and then today there at Anaheim, still it's still zero to zero. Uh, the Mariners have a chance to sweep the series in California today, and they, yesterday we won, and we took the lead in the standings. We're now in third place over Anaheim, but hey, it looks like in San Francisco. Cincinnati Reds are up by a touchdown, seven to nothing in the third. They are. They had a rough go of it yesterday. There are a lot of high-scoring games in this series so far. Yes, and let's see who's dominating today. Joey Votto's got a double and an RBI, and Jury got a triple and an RBI. So, uh, and Sensel's two for two. Nick Stenzel finally getting back on track after he was uh, sick for quite a while. Yeah, and then Graham Ashcraft still shining bright the other day. Indeed. All right, so appreciate you guys all listening, and uh, hopefully the Mariners can sweep today and still roll. They're on a five-game winning streak. Well, hopefully they won't run out of players because everyone keeps getting ejected from brawling. I know. They might have to have some pitchers out there playing in the field. Jeez. Possibly. They may have to call in the bullpen catcher. I know. I don't even know if they'd make him eligible. Eh, we'll see what happens. But um, fans definitely uh, join us on Friday this upcoming week. We will have with us Nick Hamrick from West Virginia making up his appearance when the weather knocked him out of his spot last month. So Nick will be with us to celebrate Canada Day. One week from this very day, we will be taking a day off for the holidays, so you won't catch us next week. But the following week, the return of referee out of the great state of New York, Jesse Stone. He has a big announcement to make, so we're looking forward to that. So everybody stay safe out there. Go support your local independent professional wrestling wherever it may be near you. Plenty of time to get to Flop House if you're not already sitting in Danville for Warrior Pro. And also the DOA show a little bit later at the North Portland Eagles. So get out there and support, and we'll talk to you soon. i got to bring my uh, song. Well, well, no, I'll just take my shoes off. Yeah, You can swim. I'll see you